meeting. Um, rather, it is one member's take on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, his, his take. Um, Paul, I'm going to start to read something off of, uh, um, it, it comes from the Daily Reflections. This is an AA Daily Reflections, although this is not an AA meeting. It says, for June 16th, open-mindedness. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. Let's see if you can do something with that, Paul. Well, I listened to it. <laughs> that's, that's what I did do it. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice sentiment. Yeah. Uh, if it stays on a conceptual level, it can be used divisively by the head. If it's felt, uh, it captures the spirit of what it just said, which is inclusivity. That's how. So a lot of times what reacts to a reading is the head, yeah? And it reacts in the only way it can, which is as a head. So it sees it somewhat like an order that it's not doing or should be doing or something. Yes, just like when I first read that thing, uh, you, uh, you will cease fighting everyone and everything. I thought that was an order, really, you know? All right, you know, a, a, you know, private, you're going to cease fighting everyone or everything. So in a way, everything that was said was heard in a certain singular way. Yeah. Like another demand, another thing I have to do to be okay. Yeah. It was just on and on and on. So I think losing interest in self, you lose interest in the importance of all that stuff. Yeah. I love when someone calls me right at the Zoom meeting. It's great. Uh, it's just, it never fails. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the losing of interest in self is, that's some of it right there. You lose interest in, uh, you know, and because you read, let's say the 10th step effects or the ninth step promises when you're not even seemingly at the first step. So the only <laughs> way you can hear it is from the problem. It's defined and corralled from the problem, yes? And yet if you just, you know, whatever, get a little bit of an immunity or at least uh, uh, a tougher skin concerning all the forecasts in the head, when you arrive at step nine, yeah, the stuff that gets revealed, uh, there'll be an aha about it. Yeah, you'll just, it'll just, because you've already been conditioned by the first steps to be able to flow right into, all right, so here are some of the effects now. You're going to cease fighting everyone or everything. So you see that as an effect. You don't see it as something I've got to do or an order. Yeah. You start seeing that the program is affecting me greatly. Yeah. I'm actually doing 
what the program is, just the basic steps, but the effects of the program are starting to happen. Yeah. And the effects aren't 12 effects. Yeah. The 12 steps bring about a lot of effects. And so now you have a sense feltness about the program and you're trusting the process and you've realized uh, you have no business in being in, in, in the outcome business. And these things are actually have some traction. Yeah, you're actually not in the outcome business. <laughs> you are, your role is to suit up and show up. Yeah, so these, it cuts like the added sentence, the added parts of the sentence, and it just cuts it down to, yeah, this is your role. And then in that role, you'll have effects. Yeah, yeah. And in those effects are going to, condition you for the next role you have, which is, let's say, the ninth step. So you make the amends and uh, you start making the amends and you realize that uh, you're not in the outcome business. You have that feeling. So if someone's still super disappointed in you, you that's that just doesn't mean you did not complete the amend. You completed the amend. You, su- you suited up and showed up and you made a you know you said what i did for you i'm gonna i'm gonna live as if i'm never gonna do it to another person and the reason why i'm doing this is through program of recovery yes there you go now if it goes great fantastic if it doesn't fantastic you did you what you were supposed to do you played your role in things and so and it really and the aa view is our role in things is to be of maximum use yeah it's not like my role is to get everything what everything i want though that may happen but my role is to be of maximum use not from my point of view but by, by being directed by a higher power yes so yeah so uh you know it took a while for my reading not to translate everything into orders yeah that i have to do or somehow a more pressure than ever (laughs) i started seeing that these were just effects that were happening to me with no thought or effort on my part like they're described in step 10 yeah this thing happens without any thought or effort on my part exactly why because my part is more defined now i'm not playing god the head's not playing god forecasting an outcome before it even shows up yes I have a role, yeah, and I'm fitting that role pretty well, yeah, and in that role of trust, you know, what's the role? We have a new employer being, uh, it's going to take care of us if we stay close to it. You can't be far from everywhere, can you? So your first requirement's already met, and then you performance works well. That's a pretty loose, it's not defining its works. And it's not defining what level of performing of it you have to have. It seems pretty vague. So basically, go right to the point you're taking care of. That's the deal <laughs> by the new employer. Yeah. Now, do you come to realize that to be true? I hope so. I have. I think a lot of people here have. Yeah. So why would it not stay? Why would it not continue to be true? I mean, it's been true for 34 years. What is as a, I didn't read the bottom of the thing and see the expiration date. 
after 35 years, bam, the shit hits the fan? Maybe, but the fact is, <laughs> the head's always going, you know, Jesus Christ. After every miracle, there'll never be another one. <laughs> yeah, it, it saved me from this situation, but not from this situation. Come on. It doesn't see differences like we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm happy to be sober and the problem doesn't exist for me right now because the problem doesn't exist as me right now. That is the whole key of what we're attempting to share in these, this platform. We're attempting to share about the exact nature of the wrong and therefore the exact nature of the solution. Yeah, yeah. The exact nature of the wrong is a great faith in the mental condition that keeps talking to us as us and that us is seen as a long lasting, independent, separate thing, which is gonna be very difficult for that long lasting, independent, separate thing to become a long lasting, independent, separate spirit. Yeah, it's gonna be very, very difficult. The point is, is the thing doesn't become spiritual. You see that your spirit, yes, appearing, let's say as a thing, yeah. You just get the horse in front of the cart, and then life starts making sense. Yeah. Are you going to become spiritual, really? This thing? Yeah. What does it believe? It says, well, I can look spiritual. So maybe now it's before in the 70s, it was a long robe with nice hair, blue eyes, monotone, very calm almost like gliding on the, on the surface of the water. Yes. Oh yeah, that guy's spiritual. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, you can point to any guy and say they're spiritual because we're of spirit, yeah? Doesn't have to look any way, does it? No, yeah, we are of spirit. So I feel ultimately, the mental state has put itself in a dominant position that it's us and at the expense of the sense of being what we are, which is spirit. Yeah. So we just, the program tamps down that obsessiveness around this idea of self. You lose interest in it. And then there's a gaining interest in what? Find out, let's say of spirit. Yeah. So now you, instead of starting at the mental starting point, you start at the spiritual point, which is, you know, there's free samples of it in the, in the life of AA, which is pause, you know, P-A-U-S-E. People have a lot of experiences with that where there's a stopping and you're never, you haven't been used to that, yeah? It was just usually full steam ahead, but now there's a pause and then there's information prior to a thought that the thought's probably not too good to follow. <laughs> yes. So the immunity or the, the relief from the thought doesn't really come after the thought, it's before the thought. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Right? So now you start getting a flavor and it stops being harm reduction and it's true freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So that pause. Why can't that extend? 
Yeah. Why isn't that the fact? Maybe when you feel the pause, maybe you're actually finally feeling what you are. Yeah. When you sense the presence, maybe that's what you are. Yeah. I mean, it sure seems first, everything that ever happens, there's an awareness of it. Yeah. I would say nothing would really happen unless there was an awareness of it. So I would say awareness is the prior condition. Yeah. I would say that's what's implied as spirit. So in that awareness, we see the shit that we usually end up looking from. We see the thoughts that infer and imply that we're a self. Yeah, And usually what happens is the head just brings us right to self and we don't see the selfing. We don't see how we arrive at self. Yeah, Because we do arrive there. We're not from there. Yeah, we're not of the mental condition, we're of spirit, let's say, yeah, we may be in a mental condition, but we're not of it. So I feel it's fundamental. Yeah, it's fundamental uh, idea with alcoholism, because I was saddled or handcuffed by the identification with that which was defeating me. The only way I could entertain being free was as that which was binding me, yeah? When I saw it wasn't me, the possibility of being free from it became readily available. And so it has been since that night, yeah? There was just a big, big unseen mistake, which was what I was listening to was presenting itself as me. Yeah. Now, when I listen to it, I don't see it as me. I hear it like a fucking weird radio station, like a pirate radio station. Yeah. Probably in the back room of a Walmart or a Target or something, trying to sell me the same old shit over and over and over again. Yeah. I don't go to the Target or Walnut. When it tells me you're in aisle 12, I don't see I'm I'm not in aisle 12. (laughs) I just don't. So it has a story going on that doesn't, when it says you went left, I went straight. I didn't go left. When it says you went right, no, I'm aware I went straight. So it's... The bogusness is caught almost every moment because it's telling me something that's not true. Yeah. Before, I didn't notice. I didn't have the spiritual awakening, which is the point of the 12 steps. Yes. I did not. I wasn't I wasn't aware of what was actually happening until it until after it happened. And at that point, Something just interpreted it and narrated it, and I bought it, you know, because I was out to lunch all day when it tells me you had a bad day. Okay, I had a bad day. I don't know. I had no idea what's really going on. Yeah, because I was out to lunch. Now I'm here. Yeah. And I've realized I've always been here. I just didn't think so in the past. Yeah. I thought I could, I was somewhere else when it's not true. 
I've never not been here. So now I see thoughts instead of looking from them. Yeah, far out. This isn't like a Herculean uh, uh, event. It's just, it's, it's the way things are really. We are awareness first and then all the other shit second. Yeah, but we have the other shit in the first position. And then all this, tons of shenanigans go off from there, yeah? Once, see, if you are false evidence, taking itself to be true, you're going to take false evidence to appear real, obviously. If you're already swallowed false evidence, then you're going to be a fucking targeted consumer of a lot of false evidence. (laughs) Yeah. So you're worried about being hypervigilant about seeing a false evidence that appears real. You're living as false evidence appearing real. (laughs) It's like people in the new age was, they were always concerned about parasites, but they're taken over by a parasite already. I got to make sure I don't have any parasites in the body while they're mentally parasitically driven. <laughs> Seems funny to me. <laughs> I'm on the lookout. I got to look at everything I eat. You've already been taken over. <laughs> you worrying about your intestine. Your whole, your whole way of life has been directed by a parasite. <laughs> What? Yeah. (laughs) So the freedom is from the bondage of self. Does that actually have to be put to a later point or can it be available now? I would say it's available now. Yeah, because it's not freedom from self. It's freedom from the bondage of self. What seems to facilitate the bondage? Us, yeah. We believe the false evidence. What would happen if we didn't believe the false evidence? There would be a presentation of self, but you would not be bound to it, yeah? You'd be free from the bondage of self because usually the presentation of self locks in an identification as self, yes? And it has to be true. Because look at what resentments occur. Self says they have them. It has them. Yeah. And yet when you talk about the resentment, you say they're mine. There must be an identification as self. Because the experience of a, a, you know, a strong resentment is it has you, isn't it? When I'm super pissed, the anger has me. I don't have, I'm not angry. The anger has me. Yeah. But see self manifested in various ways. When self notices the manifestations, it calls them mine because it is, they are manifestations of self. Now we're identified with its acknowledgement. And so when we say my resentment, (laughs) when it says my resentment, we believe they're our resentment. Yeah. The self sees its children, hey, they're mine, perfectly clear. 
but we're identified, so we say, oh, yeah, they're mine. <laughs> they're not yours. Yeah? Not being yours doesn't mean resentments don't happen. They're just not yours. Yeah? The ownership is broken. The bondage is through the ownership. Because if you see a resentment may last for a certain period of time, it usually dies quickly. But if it's called my resentment, it can live for 60 years. What's pumping life into it? It's, it can't sustain itself. We are, yeah? We are. We're giving it the breath of life. This is like a living diagnosis. You don't go in a room and sit there and get the diagnosis. You come here, you get a diagnosis, and you watch it in the living. See if it comes, if it becomes true for you. Yeah. We're put, we're just offering a pair of glasses. Try them on and see what happens. If you don't like them, they're not Paul Hedeman glasses. You know, you don't have to like Paul Hedeman. They're glasses. I'm just passing them on. You know what I mean? I'm not asking you to buy my line of glasses and sunglasses and see everything completely new. I'm seeing it the Paul Hedeman way. No, no, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying, here, check it out. Maybe you'll see what I saw, yeah? And maybe hopefully by seeing what I saw, some relief will come, yeah? Because that's what I'd like to have and I'd like you to have, yeah? I don't care if you get it or not, but I like you to have it. Yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I don't want to help you move from your apartment, but I'd like to see you travel lighter. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why? Because it's, that's how it happened with me. I saw very clearly I wasn't that which I was taking myself to be. And that which I was taking myself to be was what was causing me not to have the possibility of being free. Because I could only entertain being free as that which I was taking myself to be. It would have to go along with me when it has no intention to be free of itself. <laughs> so I finally got the correction necessary, which is, hey, I'm not that. And as soon as I saw as, as the idea of self as presented in the big book, as soon as I saw I wasn't that, the possibility of being free from it just became super clear, like super clear. And it hasn't uncleared up. It hasn't gotten confused ever since. Yeah. So, yeah. This isn't really about the steps or we're not trying to advance a higher understanding of the steps. We're not. We're just hopefully bringing, uh, we're bringing you a diagnosis of the exact nature of the wrong to see if it works for you. Yeah. If it doesn't far out, whatever works, take it, you know, but if this works for you, I think it will continue to work for you because I think it's grounded in truth, really. Yeah, so 
Yeah. I just don't, you can see the stubbornness of it. You, maybe you didn't even know what a resentment was. And then you learn about resentment when you come into AA. Yeah. Maybe you were just pissed off at people, but angry, but then it's explained and you know, resentment means to relive. Yeah. So there's something you felt you lived before that this situation, how you perceive it is causing you to relive it. So you're mad, you know, you get whatever. So resentment. So I learned about that and then fear, which I believe is mostly mental anxiety, but let's say fear. So I started to hear what AA said in the meetings. These are the basis that are driving you. I had no idea. I thought it was just, I love to be completely bummed out except for the five minute rushes on shooting cocaine. I thought, you know, but in fact, I was driven by resentment, fear and all this shit. So I started to learn about it in AA. And I heard people share and it's sure their thoughts sure sounded like my thoughts and their feelings to life sort of sound mine. So I realized how could they be mine if so many people have them. So I started to see the thoughts that I thought were mine, unique, personal, special, were run-of-the-mill thoughts. You know, like a lot of alcoholics have the exact same thoughts as I do. So that was pretty fucking revealing. And then they brought me to the idea, you gotta do an inventory. So, all right, so, okay. No idea, resentments. Now I have an idea. Now I've got to look at them as my resentments. Okay, great. At that period of time, that works because I was busily denying everything. So now I need to own it up. Okay, I'm into that. It works very well. So, all right, I sit down, I start writing my resentments, my fears, and what I did uh, to harm people in the pursuit of what I wanted, which was in the sexual arena. So I started doing it. I really love Joe and Charlie, these old guys. You can get their stuff on the internet. They they made the, they used to do four step workshops. They do actually a big book workshop. They used to go around the country, they passed away, but very illuminating. I went to there and it really opened my eyes. Okay, so I go into the inventory with my resentments, my fears, my harming other people, looking at my sexual behavior. And a lot of people I harmed, I did not have sex with. So this was starting to, you know, see my role in things on a bigger scale. I do it. So, okay, I do the inventory. All right. Now, I realize that resentments are a manifestation of self in my life. So, yes, it's my life or this life but something is manifesting into my life. What the hell's going on? Almost as if a virus had me or a parasite. So resentment, that's the, the next paragraph. And then fear, yeah? And then my harms done to others were driven by an agenda that really wasn't my agenda because you would think sex was for sex, but for me, sex was for self-esteem, yeah? If a very pretty girl would let me sleep with her, it made me feel okay, like shooting a drug. When I saw that lady had a mole on her right cheek in a week or two later, she didn't represent that anymore. I had to go out and meet another girl that would give me a sense of self-esteem. 
So it was like a drug I had to take, yeah? Had no idea that was going on. So I do the inventory process. But I leave the inventory process still having resentments mine, fears mine, acting out mine. I stay sober for a while and I come to another conclusion. I come to a conclusion, though it was incredibly important to see this shit as mine in the beginning, that importance has run out. It's time to see the truth, which is the resentments are not mine. When I look at my role in things, I'm presented with something else's role in things, self's role in things. And now I start attributing to self what is self's. Yeah, I stopped calling self's mine. I haven't called a resentment mine in 20 something freaking years. Yes. And I don't think I'm going to be calling a resentment mine for how many years I have left. Yeah. A very became very, very clear. So this is what I suggest to people, of course, in the beginning, because if you looked at this trajectory, when I was a kid, being self-centered, I remember when my uh, father got very ill and my mother tried to explain to me it was going to affect me. Yeah? I was six years old. He wasn't going to play with me as much and take me to the field and everything. They even brought the doctor, the family doctor over to tell me. And I heard what they were saying, but how I felt was, what did I do to cause my father not to want to play with me anymore? So this obsession with self had a lot of, a lot of out of proportion responsibility. I felt I was causing everything. Yeah. So it, it was very important to become irresponsible. There was a lot of relief when it wasn't always about me and drinking and drug use helped that. Yeah. So now I've got to go back to a much more proportion responsibility when I get sober. And so I call this shit mine. But after a while, I'm not calling it mine anymore. When it's very clearly diagnosed in the big book that being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. If you're convinced of that, and I am, and I was at this point in the program, we are now going to look at its, meaning self's common manifestations. Resentment is the number one offender. Yeah? Why are we calling them ours if they're not? Why am I calling the resentment mine if they're not mine? I must be in the act of being identified as self because I'm calling its manifestations as mine. I see that as the exact nature of the real problem. I do. I think it's the act of being identified and we're not in the act of being identified. We're being directed by the act of being identified as self. We're not in it. We're being directed by it. Yeah. We live as if we are, we're forecasted to be one, we're historically held as one, and there you go. This is a point of, you know that head? It's more like a space helmet. You can take it off. You don't have to get the, the directives from fucking control center, yeah? It doesn't know what it's like to be on Mars 
all right, I know exactly what you should do. Are you on Mars with me? No. Well, fuck it. I realize it's a failed system. It has no idea what it's describing now. It gives me a story based on like 1984. <laughs> and it's 2022. I mean, Jesus, it can't upgrade because it's not like an AI programming. It's a mechanical programming. It just does the same shit over and over and over again. Yeah, you did this. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah, da 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 da. You're never gonna be loved. You're never gonna get, and you'll be next to a beautiful person, but you're never gonna be loved. It's just insane. You know, fucking open your eyes and respond to what's happening. Yeah. Has something taken care of you for 34 years? Yes. Does, does something tell you, well, that's enough. It's stopping. You cut off. No, that's the head. Yeah. <laughs> there doesn't have to be any time restraint on being taken care of. Yeah. You're in good hands. These things are whatever yeah so yeah there you go kaiser thanks paul if you have a question for paul please raise your uh virtual hand in the participants window little orange or whatever colored hand will come up and uh you can chime in and ask a question or or a, a share that might provoke a, a little bit of a sharing i don't let me see i don't see any questions right now so i'll uh, I've got oh, great. a distinction. Um, so, Paul, um, seeing seeing self manifesting in in my life, um, sometimes it's clear, and a lot of times it's not. A lot of times, so I'll have a thought, and or like right there, I will have a thought, or you know, there's thoughts and stuff, um, and I'm starting. To unfold the oh that is the bondage of self yes and when i do that there's a little bit of a pause there but i'm not used to it and so very quickly there will be another oh i was thinking and oh, i was selfing and stuff like that and then i'll say oh that is the bondage of self once again and then there'll be a pause but i'm very unfamiliar with it um and it seems I'm sorry, I'm trying to get to a question, but I, I want to kick it back to alcoholism. When I first sober, when I first sobered up, I wasn't fully in touch with the degree of my addiction. Yeah. And I went, I went, I went to AA and I was sober. And my first experience of sobriety is I have to guard, I have to do all these things. Um, and I have to do the step work. If I'm not feeling well, then I'm not as sober as I want to be. And then eventually. I started to realize that I didn't have to manage and control my alcoholism because that didn't work. And I had a higher power. And after doing that, I discovered I could start to live my life and I could start to be helpful to people just out of the sheer joy of it. And I had a spiritual way of life and sobriety almost became like a side effect, a really good side effect of a spiritual way of life. Um, because I wasn't used to being sober. And then I became acclimated to being sober. I'm not used to the perception of 
relief from the bondage of self in my head as much. I understand it. So when I go back and I get that pause, I'm not used to it. And then I, I go back to what's normal or what I'm used to, which is the narration. And then, but it seems like my sobriety has kind of already shown me how this is unfolding for me and how to actually do it by saying, I don't really worry about using chemicals. I just live my life where early on, it was the only thing I could think about using chemicals or not using chemicals. And it made it almost harder. So it, it seems to be kind of related to self can't get out of self or an alcoholic can't sober up himself by focusing on not using alcohol. Do, do you see where, where I'm going with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I, I take, I take the fact that you've shown up here that, uh, knowing it or not, you want to borrow a pair of glasses. So there you go. There's no return date. Just wear them. Yeah. Wear them loosely and see what happens. And hopefully, uh, it will, it will allow, uh, uh, progressively stabilizing traveling lighter through whatever life has in store for Kaiser. Yeah. And then pass on the glasses. Now that you're seeing, pass on the glasses. Yeah. yeah. And they're reminding that uh, the thoughts and the identification is selfing. Yeah. Hmm? And, and, and realizing or reminding, having a reminder of this is the bondage of self when I start to identify well, this yeah, is the bottom that's of the we do yeah. the talks also yeah 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 this isn't you know if you don't see it there's no problem but if you see it you were bitten by the problem <laughs> so i mean it's just another form of of the solution yeah more relief is on its way some people are just chilled out it's great their idea is you know they just don't want to ruin the next July 4th picnic and sobriety works. Yeah, other people, uh, there's a discontent drinking or not. Yeah. The drinking uh, cleared up is great, yet there's still a irritable restlessness and discontent. Yeah. So uh, that may drive you differently the, with the person who's just worried about fucking up the July 4th picnic. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's other options will show up for you. No options are essential. You know, they become elective, really. You're sober, so you can choose to take a look at this and see if it works or whatever or not. There's, there's no like, this isn't like a draft <laughs> or consignment. It's just I was, I, you know, I had a curiosity, you know, you know, I, you know, when I finally got, got that I was screwed, I was interested in how that was happening. You know, I mean, I just didn't want to, you know, being out of jail was great, but it lasted just so long. I still, the irritable, restless and discontent was still there and I wanted freedom there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there for that, You've got to get to the underlying conditions because I don't really believe 
Uh, alcoholism is the problem. I believe the bondage of self is the problem. And then alcoholism is an aspect that will amplify the self to a point where the necessity to get out of it becomes so severe, you'll do shit that you would never have done, yes, and whatever. But I really believe the driving force is self, this idea of being something we're not. So, but if other people don't see it, great. I don't, you know, I don't see a lot of shit about how fun it is at a July 4th picnic. I don't see that. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, people, we're different. Uh, yeah, we're different examples. So, so yeah, this has brought great relief. That's the key. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Paul. Um, Jimmy R has his hand up. Jimmy, would you like to unmute yourself and ask uh, your question or your have your share? Hey, y'all. My name is Jimmy, and I am a grateful recovered alcoholic. Uh, Paul, you started off um, talking a little bit about step 10. Um, you know, our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. So, do we continue to watch for the parasite of self and its three brothers coming in and watch when these? come in when we start to see the symptoms, ask God to remove them at once or, or notice that this parasite, take the medicine, realize that it's, that we're selfing again. Uh, tell somebody, hey, I think I'm getting sick. The parasite's on me again. And then amend the holes and where this self had come in, uh, you know, and then then change those thoughts so that, that I'm not selfing anymore, that, that I'm not, uh, back back into to this dishonesty resentment and fear that i'm not in the future or the past that that i'm right here is would, would that be uh relating it more to self versus us uh rather than uh, as i see people continue to watch and then then when i'm dishonest as soon as i lie then, then i gotta ask god to 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 remove it and then I got to apologize to this person I always make an amends and I'm and I'm in self and and rather than doing it at, because in 11 it tells us that our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane so we're trying to change the roadways that we're going on uh this seems like more of uh thought change than than it does doing something in the real life in the real world Yes. Well, what do you mean the last part? What do you mean? The thought change? Uh, uh, because it changes our thought life to a much higher plane. When we start yes. continuing yeah. to watch yes. as it comes in rather than in action. Well, yes, because it, it's just sort of like my idea of an alcoholic and a recovered alcoholic is, you know, the recovered alcoholic calls you before they drink. The alcoholic calls you after they drink. Yeah. So yeah. in a way, that's what it's like. So the relief uh, we're speaking of is before the problem, not relief from the problem after the problems affected you, but relief before it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So not as, oh, I'm pinned down and getting my ass kicked. Please relieve me of the bondage of self. No, I'm in the audience and I'm not getting in the ring. 
thank you for relief. Thank you for the state of being relieved of the bondage of self. <laughs> it's really basically. Absolutely. Uh, not falling down, apologizing all day because I, because my shoelaces are tied together and I tied them together yeah. myself every time I tried to tie my shoes. Yes, because that's self trying to get out of self. So this is just a loss of interest. Uh, and you won't realize how much interest has been put in getting out of self, being in self. There's a huge amount until it's withdrawn. And we don't do the withdrawing. We observe it. When it's withdrawn, uh, you'd be funny when the real culprits get to be seen. They weren't what you thought would it would be. Yeah. Yeah. The obsession with self is uh is exactly that yeah it's it's uh it's 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 an obsession with self in the quiet moments in the loud crescendos yes there's uh we're we're meant to start life from a manufactured point and then and then live by a description of how it was and how it's going to be almost like a form of slavery, really. So this is uh, not about making that a little better. It's about being free from it, literally. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you but so much. In the beginning, but in the beginning, when there's a move from one gravitational field, let's call that self to the higher power, of course, there'll be, you'll be sucked seemingly back into the other gravitational pull but trust the process because the like the laser beam has got you and you're being pulled out pulled inexorably into the new gravitational field to me that's trusting the process yeah don't leave before the miracle all that kind of stuff yeah very cool thank you yeah thank you thanks jimmy um, does anybody have any other questions or want to chime in here? I don't see any hands right now, Paul. Well, that means it's been successful. That's great. <clears throat> so, uh, what time is it now? All right. Let's well, see. we can call, we can close early. It's fine. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Do you want to make any announcements as to, let's see, is this Tuesdays and Thursdays? I'm, I'm not on my computer. Well, I think uh, next, Thursday, next Thursday we will we will not be on because I'll be traveling Thursday. Yeah. Okay. And then you do your other meetings. Um, I don't have that in front of me. So you do no, a 12-step. Uh, yeah. yeah. uh, if people are in the, are, I'm going to be in back east live from the 24th to uh, the 28th at different locations. Um, one of them is three nights are gonna be at this rehab area in Dover, New Jersey. The first night, the meeting's only for the residents. So that's Friday night, but Saturday, Sunday are open. And Monday, Tuesday, I'll be in Doylestown and Great Barrington on Tuesday in Massachusetts. They'll be live and uh, it's all on the website. And uh, yeah, so we'll be back east next week. Great. So we'll go to zenbitchlab.com to find more information about Paul yeah, yeah, and the events yeah. page. For, yeah. yeah. And if something's wrong, let us know because I don't look at it often. 
<laughs> so I think it's all that clearly. Yeah. All yeah. Right, thanks, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to say goodbye to everyone. Eh? So Nina, sorry to hear the news, Nina. Yeah. Take it easy. And hopefully the dog will. <laughs> Probably much easier than you. Yeah. All right. So nice to see you on Bill's churchman. I'll be seeing Bill if I'm fortunate enough to. Yes. Anish, always a pleasure. Rob S. from Louisville, Anu, Annette, Jimmy R. Thank you, Jimmy, for that. Jacob in Seattle, Kate. Actually, uh, a shirt that Jacob de designed is the one I'm bringing back, hopefully. <laughs> I'm waiting for the guy I'm going to bring to, to uh, back east because basically we're giving nothing, so we got to bring something. So there'll be t-shirts, news and bitch slap. Yeah. So uh, we've got, uh, let's see, Tom. Nice to see you, Tom. There. Kate, Jacob, Andy from New Jersey, I think. Wow. People are going in and out, but we got Steve from San Diego. Nice to see you, Steve. Lucas, I saw him. Andy from somewhere. Andy Mack. Uh, let's see. We got, I think that's Oliver from Berlin. I got Rob from Louisville and another Tom. Jason from San Diego. Yeah, Kate. All right. Thank you, everyone. Uh, it's a pleasure. Always a pleasure to sit here with everyone and entertain possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul.